0: You are now tuned in to the Spellman Wellness Podcast for the health of it.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Spellman Wellness Podcast. This is the first series of a three part series, The Balanced Black Woman. Our topic today will focus on positive body imagery. I am your host, Jermaine McCauley, and Director of Campus Wellness. I am joined here today with my co-host, Dr. Daryl Lowe, Associate Vice President for Student Affairs. We are also joined by our special guest, fitness expert and Spelman alumna, Class of 2006, Dominique Landry. We are excited to have her here today, and I will give you more information about her in a few minutes. At this time, Dr. Daryl Lowe will provide more information about the podcast and its vision. Dr. Lowe.
2: Thank you, Jermaine, and thank you, Dominique, for joining us today. In thinking about the role and purpose of this podcast, we wanted to provide opportunities for growth and development for our students, specifically focused on the dimensions of wellness. Not just their physical wellness, but what does it look like when a Spelman woman is well holistically? To accomplish this, there's no greater community that could assist us in conveying this message than our alumni of Spelman College. It is our hope that our Spelman students will be encouraged by the examples provided by our alumni on how to live a holistically well
1: life. Thank you so much for providing this information for us. I am sure our audience is excited to listen in and gain insight about the podcast. I know I'm excited about this project and how it will provide educational information on how one can continue to improve their healthy lifestyle. Our special guest today is Dominique Landry. How are you, Dominique? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jermaine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, doing wonderful. It is wonderful to have you here to talk about positive body imagery. This topic tends to be a difficult topic for so many of us, but I hope through this podcast, many will find a few takeaways that may help. I want to first give some background information about Dominique before we get into the discussion. As I stated before, Dominique is a Spelman alumna, class of 2006 and a fitness expert. She is a wife, a mother, and a motivator. She is a certified personal trainer, receiving her certification through the National Association of Sports Medicine, NASM. She has been in the fitness world for a number of years. Dominique is the creator of Fit Enough. The vision for Fit Enough is to change the current narrative of fitness to be more inclusive of all body types, which is gonna help us today, fitness levels and lifestyles. Fit Enough is a one-stop wellness initiative on a mission to merge self-acceptance, physical wellness and fitness in a way that shifts the idea of what being fit really means.
0: This sounds like a wonderful program you've created here, Dominique. Thank you so much. You make it sound so good. I, I, should, I should let you always say <laughs> what fit enough is about. So thank you. You're so
1: welcome. So let's get started with our conversation about positive body imagery. I wanted to start by asking Dominique her thoughts concerning where do you think the line or if there is really a line between self-acceptance and healthy living?
0: Um so I think that's a hard one because I think it me- it 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 depends on your definition of healthy living. Um if your definition of healthy living is solely based in the idea of working out and eating um n- nutritious foods then I think there is a line because um that can be caused from actually a really negative body image. Like you could hate yourself and hate how you look and be working out and eating, you know, the right things because you dislike how you look. So when we think about healthy living and if we think about it more holistically, then I do think that those two things do go hand in hand. So I just I think it just depends on how we're defining healthy living, how you define healthy living for yourself. If you're looking at a holistic, so we're thinking about both your spiritual feels well, your mind is feeling well and healed your body's feeling great and you're eating good foods because you're thinking about healthy living as a way to fuel your body because you love your body, then yes, I think it goes hand in hand. But if it comes or it's derived from any other thought, then I think it can also, you know, drive us to do some really um, negative things.
1: Okay, great. Dr. Lowe, do you have a question?
2: Yes. Uh, again, thank you, Dominique, for being uh, with us uh, this morning, I'm especially excited because um, you're my Spelman sister. I'm a Morehouse grad, class okay. of 2009. Okay, what year? 2009. The, the greatest, oh, so the greatest we year the ever. Time. The greatest year ever that ever. Happened okay, that's
0: a little far stretched. Um, <laughs>
2: but uh, I appreciated your your response to the first question. I, I wanted to ask this: the um, self care, in your opinion, look different for Black men and Black women? And if so, how?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. I think I think it has to, right? Because I think the, the experiences between Black men and Black women are different. And I think when we think about the clash of all the isms, especially as a Black woman, right? So we have classism, we have sexism, we have racism. For the Black community, we have colorism. Um, I think when we think about self-care and, and it always makes me think of the, um, the Malcolm X quote, the, the least protected woman is the black mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. Um, and, and all those things, I think self-care very much has to look differently because, um, so much of our society were placed at the bottom rung of everything. So it's like, who's protecting the black woman. Um, and we're also expected to be some sort of like, superhuman, you know, superwoman. And I think those Spellman. I, I, I will say Spellman does uh create so many superwomen, right? I do think there's an idea of um self-care that that does look very different because our experiences between black men and black women, while I think some of them overlap, many mm-hmm. of them are so different. Um and mm-hmm. a lot of the times when we think about protection, you know, uh we've seen it I I think play out in, in media and everything, like even sometimes there's the black men are against black women. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about self-care, I think it's a very individual thing to experience. I don't think black women are a monolith. So I don't think that that means that everyone's self-care looks different. But I think when we think about black women as a whole, because our experience is so unique, especially black women in America, I do think that self-care looks very, very different. And I think also just the idea of taking a step back to even give your space to ki- give yourself space to um, do that is something that's almost like um, an act of, you know, like political warfare. I think Audrey Lord said it, right? So I do think that it looks very different. And I know we'll talk a little bit about like what that can look like, but I do think the delineation has to be clear that like this is something that is solely for you um, and that you have to think about all the ways that like uh, the images we get and receive, how that intersects in your life and how that makes you feel when you think about holistic self-care.
1: Thank you for
2: that. Thank you.
1: Of course. Great information. That's good. You know. um, so along those lines, I wanted to ask the question about the media you just mentioned something about the media when you were talking about you know self care and so in what ways do you feel the magazines or the media influence our perspective on self
0: love oh my gosh i mean i think we could probably make that a conversation like a hour long conversation in itself because i do think the images of the media play so much into um self acceptance self love what we're supposed to look like and um I think it differs for all communities. So I think there's an idea, like the overarching idea is that um, our Black is not beautiful. And so now we have all these complaint campaigns of black is beautiful and X, Y, and Z to kind of um combat that. But the idea the fact that we have to have those campaigns lets you know fully that the media has never accepted us as beautiful. You don't have a lot of images of us in the media. If there is an image of us in the media, it's usually um, people that are lighter skin, people that uh, have less "quote unquote" kinky hair. So it's the ones that have the kind of wavy look, multiracial images, and then that's supposed to be the idea of beauty in the black community. And it and and that actually is like a a very big step because usually there just was none of us, Um, and so I think the idea that There's only one kind of beauty, the idea that most of the images in the media are based on um, European standards of beauty. So light skin, thin nose, thin or athletic build. Um, And that's what's always been counted as beautiful. And I think even now it's it's weird because now you see only when white women adopt what is naturally uh, usually a black woman's look. That it's considered beautiful. So now, when the Kardashians have the breast and the hips and the tan skin and the larger lips, now it's okay to be beautiful that way. But when a Black woman did it in the past, it's either hypersexualized, um, it wasn't viewed as beautiful. And so I think a lot of those images play into how we view ourselves. I think the other piece of that is also. Um, how men view us. And uh, Dr. Lowe, you might be able to speak a little bit on this too, but I think in the Black community, you have a couple of different things that um, that play into like how we view ourselves and self-image and self-love. So there's one, the like, overarching media. I think too, when we think about media, I think we, in the Black community, a lot of the times it is um, like the rap videos, and now, of course, social media. So again, there's still a certain type of look. And it's usually, it's not real thin, which is usually what um, white people uh, um, tend to think. It's usually just the thick girls, but you have to be a certain kind of thick. You have to have a small waist, a big hips, big breasts. You know, it's not just like you're naturally thick or you have to be athletically built, or it's again, not beautiful. And so we have those images of rap and and that's been since, you know, hip hop was alive. Hip hop influences so much, you know, like that's what's the standard of beauty. And then I would say the third piece of that is in a black household, we talk about what the perception of others, how we look to others. So your mom is telling you conversations of like, okay, your hair needs to be combed. This needs to be covered. X, Y, and Z, because you want people to view you, especially as a Black woman, as smart, as decent. And so your value is very much derived from um, the perception that other people think of you. And so I think in in the kind of like overarching view of how we create self-image, especially in the Black community, I think media plays a huge role in it. And then I think uh family plays a huge role in the way we think about how we view ourselves, what self-love looks like, what the perfect self-image is. Um, and so it's, I, th- I think like we could go on and on about that subject, but <laughs> I'll stop there.
2: <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Dominique, for that. Um, you touched on a lot of uh, different things related to that. Um, one of the things that popped in my mind you know, when you and I were on campus, I think the big social medias that we had was Facebook and MySpace. Yes, and I remember, MySpace. and I remember. Don't age us
0: too bad. Okay,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna age just a little bit. <laughs> there was no Facebook mobile. There was no MySpace mobile. You had to go home, log on the computer, plug your camera into the computer, upload <laughs> all your pictures from the club that night, and hope that it did it within 30 minutes so you could post all of them. You know, <laughs> um, but you, t- and, and, and I bring up that point because when we were in school, I think the pressure was not as profound as it is today for our, for our college students. And so I was wondering if you would speak, you hit on it, but if you would speak a little bit more about um, how social media has portrayed and it, um, a false sense of success uh, for our students and, and what you think about that.
0: I think that's so great that you brought that up because I feel like even as a young woman growing up, you know, pre-social media age, thank the Lord, because I know I couldn't keep up with it if I was in college. I, you know, you know, you felt the pressures of, of looking a certain way. Cause I, like I cheered and I danced and I did so at Morehouse um as well too. And so um even even in uh high school I went I'm from Atlanta and so I went to Southwest of CAB high school and it's a very big band school. And so I remember getting feedback from my coaches um when I danced about, you know, you know, our summer programs was like you gotta eat right. This we had weigh-ins and like um you know we had to look a certain way to to dance on the field or they wanted us to, I should say. And so I remember like the pressures being even very big. Um, for me in high school and in college. And so now when we add social media, and I, I look at my nieces and you know, uh, I just feel so sad for them because I know having worked, uh, you know, um, having friends that once work, one work, you know, in the business as well, um, the idea of, you know, social media versus reality and the the images that they constantly get about what perfection needs to look like, where they need to be in life, um, what they need to make them happy. It is constant. It is incessant. People do not put down their phones. It is literally a 24-hour cycle of either this is what you need to be cool. Um, This is how you should be acting. This is what beautiful looks like. Um, This is what's celebrated in our community. And when you think about the people that are popular on Instagram, the ones that have like 8 million followers, it is literally just a feed of women that are, are touched up, usually have had surgery, constantly wear makeup. Um, and like the goal is to get, you know, uh, or constantly have their hair done, which is another big piece, piece of black, um, women and, and imagery. Um, and like the, their goal is to like get the next rapper baller, whatever, um, or, you know, like sell X, Y, and Z. And I think, it's detrimental to have that consistently um, going 24 hours without cutting it off. And so when I think about, you know, like the best things to do is, is really trying to figure out like <laughs> how to cater your newsfeed to like a healthy newsfeed. Because the thing is, even the people that are in fitness, so I'm in fitness, so I see all this a lot. Theirs are so heavily photoshopped. And there are so many tools and apps. Like I have a girl that's an influencer and she uses like 20 different apps for one picture that she posts. And so she's spending like an hour on just like this one picture and the content that goes into it. And so when she posted, I'm it looks good. It looks great. (laughs) But like, she literally spent an hour just on that one photo. And I feel like a lot of times people don't realize how much people are, how much time and effort People are putting into that um, social media facade, and they and they truly feel like these are that those people's lives, and like that is what's reality when so much of it isn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe in social media, but not to the extent that many of our young people do today. Because you know, one of the things that I talk to my students about is just you know disconnect. It's so important to just um, <laughs> turn it and, off. You know, <laughs> throw, you know, just put it down. And I literally have a student that I was so proud of to say at six o'clock, my TV, my phone is down. My laptop is closed. And when I go to bed, I do not have my TV on. I told her I was just so elated that there there is a student that does that because most of our students, you know, they are always, you know, they've got to have the phone. This is this, this their
0: lives. This their lives. So but anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a rarity indeed. She's she's she's. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. So
1: she's figured it out early. Exactly, exactly. So we we know we've talked about self care and self love. I just wanted to ask you a question. You know, how can you know uh, what type of advice can you give uh, on how one may be able to make their home, their living environment, a self care sanctuary?
0: Yeah. Um so I think the the first thing is like regarding self-care is truly understanding yourself and I think that is a that sounds easy um but is it's probably more difficult than people understand like you have to understand um what your love languages are to yourself. I'm not talking about love languages with others but like what your love language is to yourself. Um how you feel valued what, what, what fuels your spirit, um, because the self-care needs to emulate the things that makes you happy. Like, so for me, I like clean spaces, you know? So if I'm thinking about self care at home, I don't want like a bunch of clutter that I can see because that stresses me out. Right. (laughs) Um, and so I think it's just one knowing yourself, excuse me. I think, um, it's creating space. So like, like you said, actually like taking the time to do it, so does that mean you start your mornings with a devotion or some mindfulness time? Um, do you, I think the easiest way we can all think about self-care and one thing that we should all be doing is thinking about the way that we're eating. So nutrition has so much to do with um, how our bodies feel. So are we fueling ourselves the right way? I remember in college, I did not when I was broke. So there was that, <laughs> not I know how that is. Yes. I was eating off the Wendy's dollar menu, like counting down to the tax cents Um and so luckily, <laughs> you know, I've made better going choices. Up the since street then. To yes. <laughs> so I've made better choices since then, thank the Lord. Um but understanding like how nutrition like really does feel your body and how it makes you feel different. Because I don't think until you <laughs> make that switch you truly understand that like Oh my goodness. Drinking water really improves how I feel and how my skin looks and what I can do and like how my body is retaining weight, you know, like green vegetables actually makes me like more alert. And like, so I think like there's that piece of it. And then I think there's always a movement piece. So like, even if you're not a big workout person, like 30 minutes of movement really can change your day. And that can be walking with a friend through campus for 30 minutes because the endorphins you get from the natural endorphins you get from working out and moving is like the things that people feel like they need medicine for that they have, you know? And so I think it's it's a natural mood booster. Um, it helps with depression, anxiety, and all those things. And so I think when we recognize that, like the simple things like exercise, in home or outside, you know, and nutrition play a big role in the way we feel and naturally our mood boosters and make you feel better than I think that should always be a part of anyone's self-care routine. And then the other things are just add ons So like, if you, you know, I think mindfulness and just taking time to think is great for everyone. Um, if you're not a big meditator, maybe you pray, I, you know, like whatever it might be, it can be, you know, different beyond those two things. But I think baseline nutrition and exercise are going to be beneficial for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's very true. That, that, that is so, so true. Um, because our our food helps to boost us. It gives us the energy that we need for us to work throughout the day. So I have to agree with you totally, totally on that.
2: Yeah. So do I. Um, Dominique, one of the—I'm I'm, going to ask this question. You kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, I think in our community, we we don't take mental health seriously, um, or we we say that you need to pray about it or pray it away. <laughs> uh, so, and I know that you know that um,
0: Jesus and therapy, guys. <laughs> Jesus and therapy is okay. <laughs>
2: so that's really what I was getting ready to ask uh, for you to talk about, because um, we we've spent a lot of time talking about. Fitness too, you know, um, and and it's amazing to me, you were talking about how that that young lady spends so much time posting a picture on her physical appearance, we spend tons of money on how we look outwardly. Um, And I wonder if you could talk about the value of what it should uh, on how we could improve our mental capacity uh, as it relates to mental health.
0: I think that is such a great question and and I, and I love the fact that you you touched on the investment piece of it, because I think uh, a lot of self-image is, is both the idea of evaluation and investment, so like evaluation, like how you feel about yourself, what you think about yourself, and then investment, what you put into um, whatever that self-image and self-love is. And so I think it is, especially for black black women, like we will we will spend that money on our nails and our hair. I think this like more recent generation is like all about the makeup as well, which is like pricey. So we we'll, we will spend we will not eat to get our hair done and things of that nature. And so when we think about investment from a physical aspect, I don't think anyone blinks an eye. Like you will pay you know three hundred plus dollars to get your hair a certain way or to buy some hair to, to then put in your head or whatnot. Um, And so, uh, but when we think about mental health and this is, I think comes very, you know, I think it's a very old school way of thinking. And I do think that as the generations go on, this is getting better, but it's it's not where it needs to be. I I definitely think it's one of the things like, oh, just pray for that baby or we'll know like that baby is not right. You know, we'll even call out things or, you know, they're not right, but we won't say they need support in terms of mental health. And and when we think about our brain is very much as much a part of our body that can get sick (laughs) as any other part of our body. If our heart was not feeling right, we would not wait. We would not say, oh, just pray. We would say, go to the doctor. So if we're not feeling right in our brain, then we have to get better at saying, if your brain is not feeling right, you need to go to a doctor to support whatever is not feeling right in your brain, because that's one of the most important things. And I think a lot of times we feel like, I think as black people, and I think it yeah. goes back to the kind of like super womanhood as black women, like, you know, one, everyone comes before us. And so make it feels like that you that's something that you need to make additional time for. And when it comes to all the things that we're doing, it kind of just continues to drop lower in the, you know, pool of the to-do list. But, two, I think it's also one of the things where it's looked at, frowned upon and looked at as, like, you just weren't strong enough, which is not the case. Um, And so when I think about just, like, the impact of mental health, if you are truly depressed, um, me telling you to work out is not, you know, like... It's it is literally a fight to get out of your bed every day. So, so me telling you to work out and X Y Z, you're likely not going to take that in. You're you're just trying to figure out how you're going to make it through the day. And so, we have to, as Black people, make it okay. And also, like encourage friends, like, hey, I know you've been struggling, or these are the things I'm I'm looking and seeing in your life, like maybe you should talk to somebody about it. And it doesn't have to be me. There's so many, you know, now there's so many resources where you can literally go to PsychologyToday.com and type in, if you want someone like I type in black woman therapist (laughs) to find mine. Um, and so it's like, it is on the
2: EAP line. You said what? I, I say, I stay on the EAP. Yes.
0: Line. <laughs> yes. I'm like, your insurance, you can find a way for your insurance to pay for it. I think Taraji P. Henson has a program, like there are resources now and you can find who you need and you can, you know, like one of the other things I always just tell people like shop around because the first person might not be right for you. You know, it's one of those things. Um, but it is, it is so necessary. And I feel like, when we think about health, body image, self-image, holistically. And then, you know, as we said, like what it is we experience as black women um, and the the little traumas throughout our life. I think just having someone that is unbiased and like not a part of your family or your homegirl or whatnot um, is a great way to kind of just start unpacking that. So, yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, real quick, and I'll turn it right back over to you, Jermaine. Um, I'm, thank you so much for that response. Um, I recently saw this movie called uh, I'm a huge Batman fan, by the way, and I <laughs> saw this movie called The Joker, and he was dealing with mental issues uh, on the on on the program, and he he said something on there that stuck with me. He said, "The funny thing about a mental disability is that everyone expects you to pretend as though you don't have one." Yes. And so I just thought that was, that was very profound. Thank you for sharing that.
0: It's that is such, I'm glad you brought that up. It's so true. It's so true. And it, and it would be, it's nothing like that for any other part of your body. No one expects you to pretend that your stomach's not hurting. And so I'm glad you brought that up.
2: So I see that we have about 15 minutes left. I want to allow Jermaine to ask some more questions. We want to, we want to take as much time as we can. And then before I want to be able to allow Dominique to leave us with any mantras or a positive thought or something that could encourage our students. And we can do that at the end. But go ahead, Jermaine.
1: OK, thank you so much. Um, so I have a question here um, for you talking about positive self-image. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the practical steps that you feel one should take to develop a positive self-image? What are some of the things that we can do?
0: I think. Um the first thing we, we can do is a uh, positive self-talk. So like, how, how, how am I talking to myself? You know, like, let's not get to like how other people are talking to you. We'll get to that next. But what are the things that you're saying to yourself when you look at yourself? Um, you know, how much value you feel like you, you have and that you deserve, how are you owning your space and owning what's naturally you Um are you being yourself? You know, I think those are, the, those are the things. So like, how are you talking to yourself and how are you showing up as yourself every day? Um, and so I think when we think about, you know, affirmations every morning or, you know, at night or even just like walking past the mirror, and be like, Oh, you're cute girl. You know, like those kind of things really do support like a healthy self image. Um, I think the other thing is cutting out toxicity. So like when I thought about, um, we talked earlier about social media and um, kind of like the onslaught of things that you get. So really catering your page or your, your, your feed to things that are gonna uplift you instead of tearing you down. Um, I think another big one is um, stop comparing yourself to other people. Comparison is a thief of joy always, always, always. So the idea that we have to compare or keep up with the Joneses, or we need to be, um, we need to look like her. We need to get, you know, what she has or all those things. Um, it, it will always steal your joy. Um, and then I think another big one is gratitude. Like if you're waking up thinking about what you're thankful for, how you're blessed, um, the good things in your life, then you just have a more positive self image. You have a more positive outlook on life in general. Um, And so I think those things, and I think like the final thing I would also say is um, challenging misleading assumptions. So like if something doesn't feel right, if something looks too perfect, like challenge, challenge that, like push back on it, ask the kind of questions that you need to ask um, because those misleading assumptions, if if we keep, again, like going along with them, like they become standard. <laughs> and that relates to like what beautiful is, you know, um, what, where we derive value from what it, what deserves value, what deserves love. And so if we continue to challenge those assumptions that we're getting, um, from different in- outlets, like the media and things of that nature, then I think, we're all gonna be better if we continue to kind of just push that.
1: So I think that's that's, uh, some great information um, in reference to uh, positive self imagery. When I think about that, I think about Michael Jackson's song, I'm looking at the man or woman in the mirror and asking them to change (laughs) their ways. So no message could have been any clearer. So if you wanna make a change, Make it today. <laughs> well, if if
2: if you go if you go sing, sing it, it, sing it sing oh, no, then. Not today. I just love the
1: phrase because
0: I use it in my class when we're talking about self-image. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, you should have sang it for us. <laughs> she
2: could have she could have sang it. Dominique, can you talk about um I know time is wrapping up, but I I, I want you to share um what were some of the things that you did um, here at Spelman while you were a student to um, practice positive imagery or self-love or what, what community were you a part of?
0: Um, so I think, you know, I think the great thing about Spelman and I, I pray that everyone feels, you know, this way at their time, there, like the, the culture and environment that it created for me, me, I think, in itself, was like a community of love. Um, I, I came, hey, you know, wh- I think Spelman teaches you that Black women are powerful, beautiful. Um, again, we're not a monolith; like all of our experiences are different, but all equally valued, um, and that we can make it anywhere. So, I think that culture and the the, the messages um, that you receive at Spelman as a Black woman um, in itself, I think just supports great body image, great self image. Um, it, it makes you feel like you're a part of a sisterhood. Um, and like that carries out through alumnihood. And so that's one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, I, I chaired all four years at Spelman as well, um, and so there, there, there was a sisterhood there and, uh, always people that like I could turn to and, and uplifted. I think they have it where it's like your dorm mates, you know, HH5 beta heavenly honeys third floor. Um, so I think, I think Spelman creates a lot of, um, opportunities for us in college. And, and I know they continue to do that, um, to focus and like have a community of people. And I think for those students that are listening that don't feel like they have that, um, again, I think, you know, trying to create that, I think, you know, you like uh, Jermaine, Ms. McCauley just said, you know, uh, it's one of the things, like if you're seeing, if there's a change that needs to be made, like you are the person that can do that. So if there's not a space for someone like you, quote unquote, Um, How are you creating that space and and drawing people into that space? And I think there's always the aspect of just being the change that you want to see. Um, And there's always an opportunity to do something. Thank you for that. Thank you.
1: So are we at the point of wrapping up? And if so, as Dr. Lowe has said, we'd love for Dominique to just leave us with some words of wisdom, takeaways for for our audience. You've done a wonderful job. And so I'm just going to turn it over to you and then we will close out.
0: Oh, and I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to join today. I had um, a great time. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, I would say I, you know, I don't I don't I, I ascribe to any mantras. Um, I, I generally just feel like um, being yourself is going to be always the best thing for you and the best thing for this world. I think we are all created uniquely. I believe that deeply. Um, I believe everyone has their own specific purpose. And so if we're living a life um, not tied to our, 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 what in our hearts and our souls drive us, um, we're leaving the world in a worse place than it is. Like, I think this world will only get better when people are truly committed to being, themselves and, and, and living up to like what they feel in their hearts and in their minds are what they were placed here to do. And so if we're in the imposter place where we feel like either we're not good enough, or we're in in a place where we're faking and being something we're not, um, we have all those other things. We don't have a you. And so, you know, truly being yourself and loving yourself and, and owning that space and um, making room for yourself and making space and, and not shrinking because of what society is telling us is going to be the best, best, best thing for this world. And as I'm, <laughs> I'm pregnant with my third and due next week, <laughs> I am praying <laughs> that more and more people just live to the, into that. Because when I think about like the world I want for my kids, you know, that, that is what I want and that is what I need. And I think what I worry about most as a mom. Um, so yeah, that's what I would leave you guys with.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, uh, Dominique. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate the authenticity of what you shared. Um, with us and with our um, community. Spelman is so oh, proud you. of you. Uh, you have really distinguished yourself. Uh, we, we love to see that. Um, I wanna thank everyone uh, for, for this opportunity and thank, thank you so you guys. much.
1: guys. As we come to a close for today, uh, I wanna thank Dr. Daryl Lowe for sitting in today and being my co-host. It was great teamwork. So thank you so much, Dr. Lowe. Last but not least, our listening audience, we thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast as we continue our series, The Balanced Black Woman. Thank you and remember, this has been For the Helper.